Uh, so last week we talked about prayer, right? About fervent prayer, about bold prayer. And we said that prayer comes, uh, you know, re- the, the essence of true prayer is when you are bold in your prayer and yet at the same time have that foundation of trust, right? And so I was thinking about this past sermon and I was thinking about how, how am I supposed to implement that? How, how is that supposed to really work in our lives right now? And, and I was just kind of mulling these things over and I couldn't help but start thinking about the word wisdom. Because one thing that I've realized as time has gone on is as I've, as I've gotten older, the less clear my decisions have become. And what I mean by that is, when I was younger, everything was decided for me, right? When you're young, your, your mother or your father, your guardian, your teacher, they decide almost everything for you. And so for the most part, it's pretty easy to choose what's right and what's wrong. You don't really have to think too much in those terms. And yet, what I've realized is that as I've gotten older, there are decisions in my life that I need to make that don't seem to have a clear right or wrong answer. In fact, there's so many decisions that I cannot tell which one is right and which one is wrong. And it's only after the fact, it's only two years later, three years later, ten years later down the road, that I realized that my decision was wise or unwise. How scary is that? How scary is it that when you look at a decision, when you look at two paths on the road, they look the exact same, and yet one of them can blow up your life? No wonder there are so many people who are scared to make a decision, why so many people are paralyzed by indecision. You can end up dating the wrong person. You can end up choosing the wrong career. You move when you should have stayed. You stay when you should have left. And so for us, we can't help but get so worried about these things because these decisions look so similar on the outside. And yet it's only after we take that first step that we can look back and we can be so thankful or we can be filled with regret. And you see, one thing that happens is that we say, you know what, okay, we just have to follow the Bible. We just have to follow the Bible and just listen to what the Bible says. And yet there are times, and I'm going to say majority of the time, when there are decisions in your life that aren't answered black and white in the Bible. So what are you supposed to do then? You know, I remember uh, at the retreat that we went to, um, we, one of the days we went to the softball field, and we were going there, and there was like this main road that you walk on to go there, and it was this nice, you know, it was paved hiking trail, whatever, and then it branched off, right? And so it branched off to where there was the main road that you can keep on walking to, or you go to the side, and it's like this windy path that like went into the woods, and it was like to the side or whatever, and our group was going, and a bunch of people started going into that windy road, right? And for me, I, I came to that fork in the road, and I was looking at the two paths that I could take, and for me, 
the choice was obvious where I should go. Because for me, the, my shoes were new. That was the first one, and so I didn't want to get them dirty. Also there, I, I hate insects. I hate you know, anything that, that can maybe sting me or something. And so I knew that if I went down that windy road, the road less taken, that I could be stung and that my shoes could be messed up. And so I did what any good pastor did, is I left my sheep and I ran on the main path and I went back to the lodge. <laughs> you see, in, in life, there are times when things are really clear. When things are really clear, when you see one path that you know is right, and you see one path that you know is wrong, and you see, the times when those are clear is when the Bible gives you clear directions. Because in the Bible, there are times when they give you very clear moral laws. Have you ever wondered, well, should I murder? Yeah, well, the Bible gives you a clear command, do not murder. Have you ever wondered, should I steal? Well, the Bible gives you clear command not to steal. And look, I know I'm being hyperbolic in this way. But I'm trying to emphasize the point that when it comes to moral laws, right, when it comes to these very clear-cut laws, yes, the Bible has a lot to say about them. But the majority of the time is not going to come down to that. You see, a majority of your decisions are not going to be clear, moral, right, or wrong answers. They're going, they're going to look the exact same, and they're both going to look good. You see, that's why we need wisdom. Because the only way that you will be able to decipher what is right and what is wrong in the midst of two paths looking the exact same is only through wisdom. Look, I don't think I'm overstating it when I say that wisdom is one of the greatest treasures that you can ever have in this life. And you see, it is a treasure because it is so absolutely rare. In the Bible, he, God says that wisdom is more precious than gold and silver. In fact, he says it is incomparable to those things. Wisdom allows you to make the right decision when it seems like there isn't a right decision. See, in this passage here, we have two women come to King Solomon because what they were saying is that there was this baby and they both thought that it was theirs. No, no, they didn't think it was theirs. One knew that it was theirs and one knew that it was the other person's and yet she was lying. And so they come to King Solomon because he is the king, you see, and at that time, the king was the ultimate judge. He was the ultimate authority. He was able to decide what was right and what was wrong. With just one single word, he could decide their entire fate. And so these two women come up to him, and they tell their entire story, and they ask him to decide. So what's the answer? What's the answer? How confusing must it have been, to be honest? If I was faced with that same dilemma, would I have done what King Solomon did? I don't think so. 
I probably would have kind of guessed or maybe, I don't know, asked someone for advice or done something else. I don't know. Because for these types of situations, there are no clear rules. In this type of situation, there's no verse in the Bible that talks about this. For this type of situation, there's no rule in society, there's no law in culture that tells you how to deal with it. Because you see, if there was one woman who was upper class, who was well-educated, who was known for being a peacekeeper and for known for being loving, and the other woman was dysfunctional and violent and, and angry all the time and, and she just couldn't take care of children, then it makes a little bit more sense who you would pick, right? Of course, for, for the safety of the child, for the well-being of the mother, absolutely, you would probably choose the upper-class, well-educated woman. And you see, society would say the exact same thing. And yet, what happens when these two women come from the same exact path? You see, both women are prostitutes. Both are marginalized. Both are considered on the outskirts of society. And not only that, in verse 18, we realize that they were alone when this happened. There was no evidence. There were no eyewitnesses. There was nothing to corroborate the story of one or the other. You see, everything looked the same. And for us, when we look at this situation, it may look the same, and yet what we realize is that is that there was a right answer and that there was a wrong answer. You see, there was a wise decision and there was an unwise decision. You see, when you have wisdom, when things look the same, what that gives you is insight. Insight into realizing that two situations may look the same, but they are different. And so you're able to begin differentiating between what's right and what's wrong. And you're able to see two situations that may look the same, smell the same, seem everything the same, and yet need to be treated in exactly different manners. Let me give you an example. In the Bible, it talks about how you should speak to one another. You should speak honestly. You should speak sincerely. You should speak lovingly. Those are the rules that the Bible has set in place. And yet, what happens if someone is doing something wrong? If someone is sinning? You see, there are times when I have gone and confronted them immediately. I said, no, no, hey, you're doing this wrong. This is bad. I'm saying this because I love you, because I care for you. Turn. Stop doing this. And you know what? They have come back and they said, thank you for speaking those words into my life. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so thankful that you spoke to me in that moment. Because if you had waited, I don't know what would have happened. I'm so thankful that you had the courage to come. And yet, maybe a few months later, there could be another person, same situation, saying the same types of things doing the same types of actions. And I go to them and I say, look, I'm saying this because I love you. You need to turn. You need to stop this. And you know what they say? How dare you say that to me? How dare you do that? 
You should have spoken to me in that way. You should have waited. You should have gone separately. You should have done this differently. Because of what you've done, because of what you said, I am hurt. And so these questions keep ringing in my mind. Should I talk to them now? Should I talk to them later? Should I talk to them privately? Should I talk to them with a leader or with someone else? Should I have spoken with more grace? Should I have spoken with more truth? You see, brothers and sisters, everything depends. Everything depends. And the only way that you will figure out these situations that look so similar on the outset is through wisdom. It's through wisdom. Everything looks the same, but wisdom is needed to make the right decision. And so the question now is, now that we've talked about why we need wisdom, how do you get it? How do you get wisdom? You see, in verse 28, after King Solomon had spoken all of these things and, has, and had made his decision, word spread all throughout Israel. And the Israelites, they, they came to the king. They were in, it says they were in awe of the king because he had wisdom. For Israel, they began to realize that their king wasn't a normal one. He was supernaturally wise. And so what happens is when you have a king like that, when you have a person you know who is that wise, you will go to them for guidance and direction. That just makes sense, of course. And so the, the Israelites, all of the nation, they knew that he was supernaturally gifted with wisdom, and so they continued going to him for direction and for guidance. People went to the king because that's where wisdom was. Church, whatever your king is, that is your source of wisdom. Whatever you are most in awe of, whatever you hold most important to, that is where you will always go in order to find wisdom, in order to find guidance in order to find direction. Look, when you have two paths that seem so similar, you will have to make a decision. And yet the way that you will make a decision is quite simple. You're going to look at that one thing that you prioritize more than anything else. And that one thing will guide your decision. It will guide your path. And it will be the source of your wisdom. You see, money, it has a source of wisdom. It has wisdom attached to it. There is a, a wisdom that comes from family. There is a wisdom that comes from your career. You see, if your family is your priority, then when there is a fork in the road, you will always pick the path that favors your family. When there is a fork in the road that deals with your career, if money is your source of wisdom, then you will always choose the one with more money. Think about it. If you have two job, if you have two job offers, 
One is exactly what fits your passions, exactly what fits your giftings. And it pays you $30,000. And there's this other job offer that you don't really feel like matches what you want to do. Is you're not completely passionate about it. You don't think it really fits where you want to go in the future, yet pays you $100,000. If money is your source of wisdom, then there's no argument what you're going to be doing. But the thing is, those, those things in your life are never meant to be your king. And they were never meant to be your source of wisdom. Because what happens is, for example, if money is the most important thing in your life, what you're going to end up doing is cutting corners. What you're going to end up doing is cheating. What you're going to end up doing is exploiting, taking, doing all these different things that you shouldn't be doing. And at the end of the day, your passion, your love, your wisdom for money is going to take all of your money away from you. It's the same thing with family. If you want, if you want, if, if your identity, if, if your love, if your king is your child, then what's going to end up happening is you're going to put all of your hopes, your desires, everything into your child, and your child will grow up and resent you. That thing will always fall apart because it's not meant to be your source of wisdom. It's not meant to be your king. You see, there's only one source of wisdom that stands the test of time. There's only one source of wisdom that when you rely upon it, you will always make the right decision. You know, in Proverbs 9, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear is another word for awe. Just like how Israel was in awe of the king, and so they went to him for wisdom. God is telling us here, look, you start out with me, and I'll give you wisdom. You focus your relationship upon me, then that's the start. That's the beginning of it. I'm going to start giving you these things. Don't worry. Church, do you want to be wise? Do you want to be able to look at the situations in your life and not be tired for one minute? Do you want to feel like you're not always choosing in the dark? And there's one way that you can make sure that doesn't happen is when your source of wisdom is in the true King, Jesus Christ. See, Proverbs 3, it says, Submit to him, and he will make your path straight. You see, Jesus is wisdom personified. And so when our relationship is focused upon him, then wisdom is given alongside you. It's put in there too. You see, what's brilliant about this passage, what's brilliant about this story is that Solomon, he understood what wisdom was. You see, he understood that it came from your true source, wherever that was. That if it's not Jesus, if it's not God, then it's somewhere else. And so for him, he saw these, he saw these two women come to him. He saw them ask a question, and instead of blindly selecting someone, instead of just guessing, he forces the woman 
to show their true, true source of wisdom. Solomon, he takes out a sword. But you see, he never actually intended to kill the baby. All he's doing is he's forcing the woman to come to a fork in the road. And he's making them show him their true king. And you see, one of the women, she shows her source of wisdom. Because for her, being a mother was her idol. That's why for her, she was fine with having her baby killed, with having the baby killed, because at least someone else wouldn't have what she didn't have. If being a parent is the most important thing to you, then you don't really care about your child. You care about yourself. It's the same thing with your work. If your job is the most important thing to you, it's about yourself. It's not about your work. But you see, the other woman, she understood what true wisdom was because she was willing to give up what was most precious to her so that her child could live. Church, there are times when God will bring a sword into your life. And there are times when God will bring you to a place where you're going to have to make a decision, and it hurts. It hurts. But you see, the sword isn't meant to kill us. It's only meant to show us what our true source of wisdom is. And when that happens, we have two decisions that we can make. Either we can let go, or we can stubbornly cling to what will eventually crumble. There is a fork in the road of your life, and God is asking you to choose. What is it? What is that thing? If it's money, if it's your job, if it's your family, you need to understand that now. You need to understand that now before it's too late and you look back two years, five years, ten years later, and you're filled with regret because your life has blown up. Look, so many of us, there's, there's a lot of people here who are single who want to be married so badly. And that's a good thing. But when you're putting marriage above even God, then don't you realize that even if you get married, you're going to destroy your spouse. That even if you get your dream job, you're going to destroy yourself. Those things will never satisfy you. They can't. They're not meant to. And so this woman here, she says, no, no, my king, please. Give that baby to the woman. She was so calm under these circumstances. It's interesting because when I was reading this, you would think that she would be screaming. You would think that she would be crying. That she would be trying to hold on to her child. It was the one thing that she had. And yet, she is calm. She is poised. She looks at King Solomon and she says, look, don't ruin him. 
Ruin me instead. Don't tear him in two. Tear me in two instead. For her, she gave up her hope. She gave up her joy. She gave up everything. She was a prostitute, marginalized, an outcast of society. Her baby was the one thing that she had, and yet she said, no, no, I want to give him away in order so that he can live. You see, it says in the Bible that we were about to be torn in two. It says in the Bible that we were about to be ruined and we were about to be destroyed by our sin. And yet what happened is that Jesus came down and he took our punishment. He took our sin and he became ruined for us. He was torn in two for us so that we could live. He saw what was going to happen He saw what was going to occur in our lives and he stopped everything and he came before the king and he said, no, 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 I'm going to take your place and I will be torn in two so that you could have eternal life. There was a fork in the road and there was a sword coming down. But this sword was going to come down. It wasn't going to stop. And in that moment, you see, Jesus, he decided to take our place. We deserve to be torn apart. We deserve to die. And yet, because he loved us, he took our place and he died instead of us. Church, your wisdom is coming from somewhere. It's coming from some place, it's coming from someone. There is wisdom that comes from money. There is wisdom that comes from your work. And there is wisdom that comes from your family. But those things are never meant to sustain you. You see, in Matthew, Jesus, he talks about how you can put on his yoke because it is light, because you can rest. You see, when you, you think that oh, that just means that for right now I'm free and and now I have to go under Jesus' yoke. No, no, you don't understand that you're under the yoke of something else right now in your life. And Jesus is asking you to take off that yoke and put on his yoke. Because as long as you are under the authority of something else, as long as you're under kingship or whatever of that other thing, then you will never find peace. You will never find rest. You will always be anxious and you will always be worried. So do you want rest? Do you want rest? Then what you're going to have to do is trust in the Lord. It's to come before Jesus and just begin to speak to him, pray to him, form a relationship with him. In 1 Corinthians 1, it says that Jesus Christ is our wisdom. He is our righteousness. He is our redemption. He is wisdom personified. Do you want wisdom? Then go to Jesus. If you want to be able to make good choices in the midst of hardship, Jesus is the only one who can do that for you. So church, who is your true king? What is your source of wisdom? Is it in this world? Is it money? Is it your career? 
Is it your spouse, is it your children? Or is it in the one thing that will last forever? Jesus Christ. Let's pray.